welcome to episode 15 of Badger Watch, which is round 13 of the county championship. This is the podcast where we play cricket11.com fantasy cricket game and we base all of our um, discussions on what has happened in that round in that game of the county championship. We are against two weeks running actually now. Hugh is not here with us this week. Last minute dropout from Hugh. Um, but I do have the return of Howard and I've got Chev with me as well. How did we go last week, guys? Howard, you go first. You were top of the league. Uh, yeah, was is the operative word there. Was top of the league. Didn't have a good one. Um, it's got to that time of the year now, hasn't it, where the weather plays a bit more of a part in the in the fantasy selectors um, yeah. management. And I, I had one look at the forecast and decided that all of these games were going to be rained off. So I didn't bother making him substitutions. Uh, I think pretty much all but one or two games had a, had a positive result in the end. So I went in with nine players, um, none of whom did particularly well. Uh, made Chris Chris Rushworth captain. Um, mm. He, he uh, I think a side strain in uh, after a couple of overs in the second inning, so he didn't go particularly well. And he'll need to be subbed straight out afterwards again. <laughs> and there are a couple of unfortunate call ups. So Ben Duckett being called up to replace Bearstow, who I mean you've got a feel for Johnny Bearstow. Injuries like that on a golf course don't happen too often. Yeah, we'll get, our, we'll get our inside men to uh, give us the. <laughs> The, the comment on what, what really happened to Johnny Bairstow. Um, but yeah, so Duckett went and joined the test squad but didn't didn't play and missed out for Nottingham. And Simon Harmer was sat on the sidelines with South Africa as well. So yeah. only had nine players, scored just over a thousand points. But I'd, I'd describe it as a spenny week, really. Yeah, well, a bad week for you is a good week for me. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, how did you go? Uh, Points-wise, probably a similar week. Uh, no one stood out. I do have a bit of a bone to pick with um, Andrew, our cricket at 11, uh, cricket11.com uh, uh, manager, because somehow my tra- my trades did go through, but my uh, changes to captaincy and, and players did not. Now, the, the player was still subbed in, so Byron still came in, uh, but the captaincy was still sitting with Simon Harmer, even though I changed it five times. Um, uh, and obviously he wasn't playing, so that was just uh, hundreds of points down the drain. But other than that, it was an all right week, I think. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a so-so, but hey-ho, um, got three more weeks to go. So. Three more weeks to go. I'm just looking at the top players from round 13. There was Sam Cook, who got 459 points, Luke Wells, 412, and then Cushy, Harris and Jennings, each sort of 300 to 350 points. Did anyone have any of them in their team? I know Hugh had Luke Wells. Yes. he. I mean, he's gone phenomenally. We keep sort of, he's a name that's kept cropping up in this game, isn't it? Or just generally in the rounds. He's... Scoring good runs at Lancashire at the moment, which is very nice to see. Um, top of the order as well, which is very good. Um, it was a very sure. quick uh, second inning century. I think it was 60-something balls for the 100 yeah. second innings, which is very handsomely rewarded on the Cricket 11 scoring system. For, yeah, for a ball century. I mean, yeah. that was in vain, though, wasn't it? Because that game was drawn. Yeah, there was a bit of weather that stopped Lancashire in their tracks. They looked like they were heading for a... A win there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a we talked about the weather. There was three games drawn: Glamorgan, Worcestershire, Derbyshire, Durham, and Somerset, Gloucester, Lancashire, four games drawn, Lancashire, Yorkshire drawn. 
And then there were three results, was that? Kent, Essex, Hampshire, North Ants, and Nottinghamshire. In Nottinghamshire, really rolled over uh, Leicester, didn't they? Yeah. I think I had Luke Fletcher. That was an inspired selection. Um, and I decided not to captain him because I think I put, I can't remember who I captained in the end. Uh, of Deploy, Lewis Deploy, I captained. And then um, I regretted that because Luke Fletcher then got four for. Um, any other sort of does that those does that what does that do to the table anyone know in terms of the sort of the amount of results that did happen or didn't happen in terms of the weather i think there's a few things that, like hampshire i think weren't they big one was hampshire who um somehow just managed to beat the rain all credit to them um i was looking at the forecast keeping uh, with my sorry hat on a very close eye on the supposed forecast at southampton which told me there was a hundred percent chance of rain at the time i was watching um Hampshire running in and still bowling um and they I think about five minutes after I can't remember was it Fuller um nicked the last wicket that the, the heavens opened so yeah, really yeah uh it was it was very dark um and gloomy very soon after they wrapped it up but fair play to them for um firstly to for getting 400 um because they didn't look like they were they were going to get up to that level I think Donald scored some some runs and then possibly Abbott um yeah a couple of the bowlers chipped in some useful runs at the end so they never looked like they were going to get to 400 and then managed to wrap it up by an innings I would say with Surrey's absences I know Hugh will say Surrey have it in the bag Surrey's to lose but I would say Hampshire probably the, the one to beat at this point they've gone top albeit Surrey have a game in hand so that's they needed 400 got the bonus point correct and then they bowled North Ants out twice I mean that's that first innings I mean if you the bowlers Barker got three for Abbas, got one, Abbott four, and then Fuller chipped in with two. And then second innings, you look at it again and very similar, Barker three, Fuller two. But then Abbas is bowling one, two, three, four, fifth change? Or he's bowling, he's the fifth bowler fifth in that bowler, fifth bowler, yeah. 17 overs. What was going on there? I wonder why he was the fifth bowler. Was he I'm, injured? Couldn't... I'm not sure, but also Kyle Abbott only bowled four in there, four overs in that second inning. So I don't know if he'd... he'd... Injured himself. Yeah, um, so if Fuller comes on first change. He's bowled 14 overs. He picked up two vital wickets. He picked up Emilio Gay on 17. And then obviously, as you've just said, the last one. But then Holland bowls and then Abbas bowls for 17 overs at the end. He can't have been injured. Just seems weird. And he picks up four for So well done. But that's quite an odd one. Um, so you think it is, yeah, that now puts Hampshire on 217 points. Starry on 209 and who are Surrey playing this round? Northampton this round, which you would say is a winnable fixture. But Difficult, though. Spoiler alert, I've seen how day one has gone. <laughs> it's not looking great, sorry. Northampton, I think if there's a team in that division that you do not want to play now, it's probably that Northampton team. I, they'll just do something that annoys you, and they'll just be nuggety. And they'll they've done two them. things that have annoyed me so far. They got rolled twice by Hampshire, and now they're <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, any other outstanding? I mean, we've touched on Luke Wells. What did he? I mean, he did. He got eighty in the first innings, and then he got one hundred and twenty-four in the second innings. And they're about to. So Lancashire got two hundred seventy. Yorkshire two fifty then Lancashire 280 and then they're probably going to bowl would you say they were going to bowl Yorkshire out um it, I, I think it was looking that way I think I can't remember if they finished three down Yorkshire but there, there was plenty of time left in the game when yeah. um the rains came so I think Lancashire were probably favorites there um a couple of the Yorkshire lads managed to dig in saw off a fair few overs before it started raining but 
I think a draw um, probably a fair result at the end of the day. Yeah, and then Somerset Gloucester decide a derby. That I think actually that's a shame that for Gloucester because I think that's probably they needed to win that to, to have any sort of chance to stay up, and they looked like they were going to win it. They got three forty-first innings. Harris with one hundred and fifty. Somerset didn't get up to their score, and then Gloucester got a decent second innings. And then it rained. So I think that is probably curtains for them. I reckon they're on 74 with Warwickshire on 104. Um, so I think they're down. But were there any other outstanding games or performances for you guys that sort of stood out to you? Essex, you touched on Sam Cook, who has been christened the arch nemesis of Canterbury. Um, I think I think he got a 10 for this time and followed, followed, followed up with an 11 for when he last visited Canterbury and he said, it was something like in his last two trips, he's taken 21 wickets at six or something, um, something silly. So Essex managed to put on a big first inning score there and rolled Kent very cheaply twice. You see, I find those types of games like quite extraordinary because like Essex are there, for all intents, you probably say that is a road at Essex. I mean, their top three get the lowest score in their top three is 45 and then Lawrence misses out on nine. But then Critchley and Cushy get 1964 respectively. Is it Ben Allison? Is that his first name? Allison gets 50 batting number eight and then or nine. And then something Kent get rolled twice. Is that good bowling? Is that the, the do, does anyone know? Does the, the, the pitch change, weather change at all? I find it extraordinary how you can go 570 the first innings and then Kent, who aren't a bad team suddenly just get rolled twice for under 200. It's so weird how that can happen. I mean, I think we've we've probably said a fair bit about the Kent bowling attack not being one of the most potent in Division 1. And looking at the names there, Quinn, Milnes, Podmore, Grant Stewart, Bell Drummond bowling 10 overs, Jack Leaning bowling 23 overs, Joe Denley bowling 18 overs. There's quite a lot of, of bowling being done by, at best, part-timers there. So not perhaps a surprise that um, Essex got the score they did. And... I think it looks like Sam Cook was the difference. So uh, he said he's really enjoys bowling there. You've got a little bit of a slope, a bit like Lords, which he's probably well set up to exploit. Yeah, that is true. It's a good point, actually, on the Kent bowling attacks. That I mean, Bell Drummond picking up three wickets, you would never have thought in your last, what, how long is Bell Drummond now he's playing? In? He's been playing for 11, 12, 11 years, maybe. No. He hasn't really been an all-rounder, has he? Anyone's ever classed him as an all-rounder. So for him to be bowling... 10 overs, picking up three for maybe Kent relying on that isn't the best thing going. Um, and then, yeah, Cook, I think we'll touch on it maybe a little bit later, but is there any sort of he's how many wickets has he got this season? Don't have the stats. Um, he's done he's done relatively well. Not, I don't think he's done at, or did as well at the start of the year as he has done in previous April May periods, but it's been a pretty good year for him. Yeah, 39 wickets. So, I mean. He could get to 50, isn't it? It's the holy grail for a bowler, isn't it, nowadays still? 50 wickets in a season. Yeah, 50, 39. Brilliant. Nice. Chev, anyone else for you? Did, who did well from your team? Oh, um, yeah, I, t- I tell you who didn't do well, which I left in the team again simply because I was sort of running out of trades. Uh, we talked about him last week, uh, Ben Compton. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what's happened to him, but... Uh, at some point in, in July, he just lost it. I think it was after a Surrey game. And he's not scored uh, anything relevant, in my memory at least, uh, since. And he had another poor week last week, uh, talking about this Essex game that we were just talking about. 
Um, so uh, yeah, it wasn't great. I think Mullaney did all right for me, but he was my um, he was going to be my captain. Didn't have, uh, end up being a captain in the end. Uh, yeah. But I would have wished uh, he uh, he had made that. Uh, he did all right. Um, just trying to think. Uh, who else just jump in on Mullaney. I managed to catch a little bit of the uh, of his bowling score. I think he picked up three or four, but yeah, he, he was. Did. He was bowling keeper up to the stump, swinging it both ways. He would just look like a club cricketer's nightmare on, uh, on the weekend when he was bowling. Yeah, just on their scorecard now, actually. And um, he is, I think you probably describe Mullaney as like the person you want in your dressing room or the guy you want in your team. He bowl, he like, he's, he's come from Lancashire, I think, and he's made a real good name for himself at Nottinghamshire. He's been there since he was probably early 20s. And, um, you know, he bats and bowls. He can pretty much bat anywhere in the lineup. He could open if he wanted to, or if they needed him to, rather. Um, and then he, you're right, he bowls a sort of... I don't know what speeds he bowls, but I would hazard a guess that it could be gentler than Darren Stevens. Um, I would say late 60s, probably. Nothing more than that, but... Yeah, and he plays all formats, and he captains... I think he's a club cricket... Like a county championship's dream, a club's dream. He is... I think he's... Really, really good. He's such a handy player to have. Yeah, he picked up, he got, well, he only got 20 in both innings, but then he picked up none in the first innings, but then some crucially, he got sort of, what, three for? Um, he was my captain, actually, Chev, you just reminded me. He was my captain. Um, I wish I'd picked Fletcher, but he wasn't a bad backup to have. Anyone else, Chev, in your team? Um, yeah, Barker was my best performing player on the, on the field, in the, or in the team, at least. And yeah. then the one on the bench was uh, Liam uh, Trevaskis, because I still have him. Uh, he ended, actually ended up having the highest score of the week, 239 points. I'm not sure what Durham actually did, because I'm not really paying attention to that, because he's just been my suck for most of the year. Yeah, he's yeah. on my bench. Scored more than any of my players that played. Good old Liam Trevaskis. Exactly. So, you know, that's... So, yeah, I don't know. He um, obviously then... He's got a week off this week. Yeah, he has. Just going back, actually, Chev, before you cut out, you reminded me, just speaking of Ben Compton, it, I'm just looking at him now, and he's scored 1,128 runs this season, an average of 56. But you're right, he just sort of has fallen off a cliff in his form in the last... It's difficult to say, like, last... I mean, it's difficult because he didn't score any last game, but then it's sort of, does it, can anyone remember? It was sort of the last two or three games, maybe four games of the last, sort of when it was before the big break. Well, if you think back, he was on the verge of a thousand before the end of May. And right. Eng uh, England produced that Lions team to play, I think it was the Kiwis, yeah, um, in a game that was stripped of first-class status. And I think he got a hundred or an 80 in that game. He got runs. Did, and that yeah. would have been a thousand had it counted for first class. So he was on 900 and something, um, prior to the end of May. So since then, it's, well, I don't know how many games he's played, six or seven first-class games maybe for 150 mm. runs, really fallen away. I just sort of wonder, do you think with the amount of um, YouTube sort of footage going on and stuff like that, you know, before he was a relative unknown, he's come from Nottinghamshire, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, is it not before, gone to Kent, scored loads of runs. And I, I don't know, this is complete speculation, but perhaps that like, there's not that much data on him within whatever databases these counties use. And there's not, you know, they can't really find out his weakness. And then suddenly all these games, they play against him. And then there's actually like quite a lot of footage probably on him after that. So maybe people have started to work him out a little bit, but 
is there any other can there sort of be an explanation behind that why why would he do so well or maybe it's just cricket I don't know yeah I, I think there probably is an element of that um I mean form is as any batsman will tell you comes and goes um he was in exceptional form at the start of the season and probably he himself would never have expected that to continue but what I guess what struck me as unusual about him at the start of the season was the the sheer volume of deliveries he was facing without getting out. He'd score 100 after 100 after 100, but they wouldn't be that dominant. There'd be 250 ball hundreds. And sim to just to simply be able to bat for that long at this level of cricket without getting out, you've got to, I think, you've got to have an element of luck. And unless you're really a different class and you're dominating the bowling, you've got to have an element of luck that you're not nicking the odd ball here and there. So it's probably a mixture of um, form being found out and just a few things not going his way that, that were at the start of the summer. I also think that in itself, he was carrying Kent for most of that first half of the season with his scoring. You know, I, I don't think an awful lot of the others really performed. So uh, at, at some point, also, you know, I think it's one of those as soon as you don't make that contribution for one or two innings, then all of a sudden it, it really starts to unravel. And I think that's sort of what's happened to them. And, and for him then to pick that back up again is even harder because there's no one else around him to really support him. Um, yeah. So, you know. It's a really interesting point, actually. So you sort of think the mental side of carrying that sort of batting lineup is probably maybe wearing down on him a little bit. I wouldn't imagine so, especially if it's week in, week out. You know, if, if you have to do every every other every third game or so it's a different story but if you place that many if you play that many games in a row as in, especially early on in the season they had so many fixtures bunched up and then you're really trying to carry that team for yeah you only have to have one bad game and all of a sudden uh, it really uh, isn't different I, I don't think it's easy to get back into it then because there's just no you feel the pressure straight away that you have you're the one that needs to hold it together yeah interesting yeah actually it's really good I didn't even think of that that's really interesting I think did you I mean just judging on the last I suppose last round but also England have got a tour as we were discussing before of Pakistan coming up in December three tests starting on the first and then the third concludes on the 21st are we do you think there are anyone in the sort of setup at the moment that hasn't been spoken about that might sort of not necessarily hasn't been spoken about, sorry, but someone basically who isn't in the England setup at the moment, who is sort of pressing a case to, to sort of get selected on that tour? I think my my one as a slightly outside pick and with my Surrey cap on would be Will Jacks. Yeah. Who has taken on, I guess, the role of Surrey's lead spinner. Not, not had a huge amount of um, success, but taking some useful wickets this summer yeah. and also matured a lot as a batsman. He's scoring uh, much more sensible runs than what was a, quite a cavalier approach he took in the, <laughs> his, the Sam Curran approach, I think, um, in the early days of his first-class career. But he's got, he, he bats very sensibly and yeah. has, has had a pretty good year as an, as an all-rounder. And when conditions have been in his favour, he has... He has Taken up the, the mantle of lead spinner and bowled fairly effectively, so I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing him on the tour. And I'm going to take the opportunity while while he isn't on the podcast because I know he'd shout this down. But just get him on an England tour, get him some experience because I think he I think he's certainly going to be a, a white ball player for England at some point in the future, if not a Test player. Yeah, nice. I think. We'll, what's happened to Amir Verdi then at Surrey? Does anyone? He went on loan, didn't he? Actually, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah he went. I think. One day, a one game loan. Sorry, Jeff. 
Yeah, no, go ahead. Um, I, th I think it's just it's a case of form. Um, yeah. he's, he's just not taking the wickets in second eleven cricket to, to press a case and offers very little other than his bowling. So a bit of a Monty Panesar type character, a bit of a liability in the field and possibly comical almost with the bat at times. I know he's worked at, worked a lot on it, but um, I think it's just that hasn't hasn't lived up to the, the potential of two or three years ago. Yeah, interesting, because he was in the England. He, well, maybe side note, it was the fact that it was a COVID squad, wasn't it, with England? Um, yeah. So it was extended, but he was carrying the drinks, wasn't he, for a while? He was highly thought of by the England team, and he was sort of bowling teams out towards the end of the season at one point for Surrey, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, maybe hopefully he gets his form back. But, I mean, like you say, Will Jack's taking on the mantle there. Anyone for you, Chev, that you think is worth a shout, who maybe is a bit of a left-field pick? Not very well, probably not Not really. I'm trying to think what we talked about last couple of... I don't think we really had anyone else in mind. It's a long It's a long time. I mean, there's so many players involved in, in other formats beforehand. Uh, by the time you get to December, everything's probably going to look slightly different anyway. And if there are too many playing golf in the off-season, then who knows what they, <laughs> who they end up with on the field. It's probably a bit... Early. I would say it's a bit early to say, well, we're going to... You should be looking at making... Changes. I mean, they've got the Lions team uh, being pulled together or, almost every other week by the, by the looks of it. So, you know, uh, see what happens in the next couple of weeks with the last couple of rounds in the county game. And if there's then anything that you want to bring into any any squad before uh, you, you start travelling, that's great. But I don't think, um, especially after this last um, series, it's, it's, you know, even with Cullen was saying that they're better than, than, they, than he thought they would be. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's uh, and that's probably not a, a compliment for each individual, but it means that they're not really looking to change an awful lot. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many do you take down to Pakistan? Is it a squad of 18, 15? I would have said 15, 16, but I'm not sure on the exact number. 15, 16. So you've got maybe your first 11, the guys who ended this series, I'd say. That's your 11 plus... Johnny Bairstow, if fit, maybe he won't be fit. So maybe plus Ben Duckett comes in. So that's 12. So you think one, at least one more spinner, possibly two. Well, down in Pakistan, I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like, do you do you pick, is it horses for courses in terms of you pick a spinner? Or actually, you know, Pakistan do generate some of the best fast bowlers in the world. So it's not just a spinning wicket, is it? So I mean, you definitely take, you definitely take a backup in your, your squad, though, don't you? Oh, 100%. That's what I mean. It's like, do you load it with what types of bowlers do you need? I mean, hopefully Mark Wood might be fit as well by then. Um, but he's a bit of a liability sometimes. With it. Well, most of the time with his fitness. So are there any fast bowlers? You've got Matt Potts in there. Um, well, apparently Joffre was um, doing a bit of bowling on the outfield at Hove earlier today in the, in the lunch break. He was out doing some very gentle turning over of the arm. So that's encouraging to see. I don't know how long how long it is back from this point, but just a couple of names. I think mean, Sam Cook. I, I wonder if they're going to have a little look at him at some point. Um, another one that all he always crops up for subcontinent is Keaton Jennings. I was about to say Keaton Jennings. I think not not as a new name, but as someone who's had a very good summer and sort of put their name firmly back in the hat, hasn't he? He actually has. He scored a thousand runs, which is all you can ask for, really, isn't it? From a batsman, it is that you score a thousand runs in a season. Probably you do it consistently. Is what you is what you really need. Um, 
at probably a very good average. I don't know the numbers, but 73. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Strike rate of 40. No, sorry. He averages 72. Strike rate of over 50. Um, plays. And, and that's all probably more towards the end of the season as well, because I remember him having a really poor spell just before the break. So mm. I, I think since the return, he's probably the one to look at, as in. Uh, I think no. So they had a couple of games in July where I think he did all right. Yeah. And then obviously the, the slightly longer break, but so I think the second half of the season where he's really been a little bit more consistent. So he's building up to to the winter, that's for sure. I was just looking at the um, the scheduling that's coming up. I mean, there's so much going on in November that uh, that also involves the one day squad that you. Uh, obviously, then you've got T20 World Cup, the one-day squad uh, that finishes their last series, their last series in Australia in yeah. on the 22nd of November, with the first game then to the first test to start on the 1st of December. So, you know, if, what are, you know, who are you bringing where? What are they doing? And who's been involved in in everything that's been happening T20 one day and uh, one day cup wise? So, um, uh, yeah, I think it's. It's an interesting one who's left standing by the end of by the end of the year with that much cricket being played up until now. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, who's who's a multi-format player for England at the moment? Um, Stokes is just obviously retired from T Twenty, so he'll have a rest. But he'll be he'll be involved in the T Twenty World Cup. All right, he's retired from ODI. Foxy for me. Uh, retired from ODI, so he's featured in the World Cup, won't he? Um, Fair slow if fit, but he's not. Um, would have been, yeah. So, Ruth's probably not going to the one day series, I guess, in Australia if that's the only yeah. thing he's going for. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, England have got they go straight from here to a 2020 international series in Pakistan, 20th of September. So, that's in god, that's coming around quickly. That's in eight days' time. They play their first T20 and then they play seven T20s in the space of 12 days, which is quite a lot. And then, so second of October. Then when's the World Cup? I'm not sure the actual start date. Early early October, I thought, but if says it finishes end of November, it's probably later October, is it? Yeah, let's have a look now. T Twenty World Cup. When is this? It starts on the sixteenth of October. Yeah. So yeah, sixteenth of October they go to the World Cup, and then they and then they go to back to Pakistan. So that, well. England do not all the team so yeah I mean it's a massive schedule um and just going back to the sort of the test series in that is um you're right chair this I mean how many how many people do you think will be fit for that and then how many people left field pick you talk about selection with with Brendan McCullum do you think he will go pick out sort of the county championship or do you think he'll stick to what what they've done previously does it any any opinions on that i can't see them changing anything really of what they've done all summer i think the only thing that you, you'll see again is that they obviously when they were playing test was it new, were, they, were they playing new zealand when they also had the one day uh games in holland where they basically just set up a separate team so a yeah. second a bit going back to COVID times really where they had a, a second team doing doing the other fixtures yeah, it's probably going to feel a little bit like that just to be able to to do the September October run, and obviously that's also why they included new players in that selection going to what is it Pakistan. Um, so I think that will make sense. It's just yeah, I think, but it's just how many of them are actually going to get involved in in one day uh, games. 
at what point and anyone who's doing multi-format, uh, what, what do they look like at the end of the year? Yeah. Because um, if it's just a test player, they basically haven't had any, any games for how many months? So it's almost the opposite. Yeah. Uh, there's no advantage or a disadvantage going into that Pakistan test series that I think just looking at the 11 that have finished this last test against South Africa, it's only Stokes and potentially Harry Brook that would play T20s and be involved in the test series. Yeah. The, so the, the other guys are fresh, but have they had any cricket at all? We don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, like, yeah, they, they wouldn't have had that much cricket until then, which is quite normal for a winter tour. But I suppose winter tours would have started earlier. They wouldn't always start in December. Um, well, there's, there's a tour match in um, Abu Dhabi, I think. Yeah. On the, okay. Starting on the 23rd of November. So that's England, England Lions. So that's probably where they're going to select the squad anyway of who's travelling onto Pakistan. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think the makeup of a squad for that then, like the second spinner, do we know who that is yet? Um, is it Joe Root? Is it Jack? They backed Jack Leach all summer. He hasn't bowled that many overs. When he's bowled, he's actually, I think, been pretty all right for England. But is there a second spinner sort of waiting in the wings, um, judging from the county championship, or is, or is the scheduling completely screwed the spinners over? Well, the, the man in possession if you will, is Parkinson. I think he was the one that took over from Leach when he got concussion yeah. at Lord's first yeah. first test of the summer. They released him quite quickly back into county cricket after that. But I, I would say he's the he's the next cab off the rank. So I think he's 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 going. Um and then we I think we had this discussion a couple of issues or podcasts back, didn't we, as to as to who the other as to who the other possibly talented spinners are in the UK and, and Bess isn't out of the reckoning. Um yeah. But it's, there's not anyone really jumping up and pressing a case for selection. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's probably you're going, you're right, you're going Leach, Parkinson. And then I think they'll just say Root is our second if, if we go with two. Because I don't think Pakistan, you do, I don't think you need more than one spinner necessarily. Because I think you can get away with if your fast bowlers are bowling well and can get can induce some reverse swing. I do think it's quite a good place to bowl pace, to bowl, to bowl fast bowl bowl fast but I suppose we don't really know do we in respect of there haven't been that many test matches in Pakistan in the last couple of years have there so it's quite um a new a newish concept I suppose to for some people um but yeah just I'm just looking at all the averages of um and the amount of spinners that are there are not that many to be honest with you I mean I think we can disregard the BBC's averages for Jonathan Tattersall, who bowled leg spin <laughs> in the last round. Did pick up two wickets, but he said he was doing it to increase the overrate. Um, uh, yeah, so it's just interesting, isn't it? I think, I don't know. I think they probably, battery of fast bowlers, if, if we can get them fit, does anyone know about sort of Saki Mood's race back to fitness? Who else are the fast bowlers that we've got in the sort of in the hutch at the moment? Well, do you mean out and out pace? No, I just mean general. So we've got, I mean, who bowled last game? It was Robinson, Broad, Anderson. Yeah. Um, so so up, then I guess Potts is your next. Potts is your next one. Yeah, if Wood and Archer are not fit, um, I don't, I don't think you'll see a, a sort of Sam Cook being picked up for a tour like that. I think that's a pretty tough ask to go and make your debut <laughs> in a Pakistan <laughs> series. I think he's made his name in English conditions and it would only be fair to give him a, a debut if he gets one and in English yeah. and conditions yeah. he's more familiar with. So he's not he's not um he's not the sort of a T 
tear away pace man that you could see doing relatively well out in Pakistan I don't think so I think we stick with a, a fast bowling battery of the the established names with the experience of Anderson and Broad probably rotating a little bit more because they will have to do a lot more bowling in that series you would think than they have had to do against South Africa which has been a uh, well three very short test matches two finished inside three days and one was yeah. really inside two days for this most recent one um, yeah inside 180 over so they, they haven't had a that much of a, a weight of expectation on them from a, a, an overs perspective. Yeah, that's, that's true. I suppose the other the other two, um, I'm just looking at Saki Bamood. There's no um, there's no update on when he'll be back from from fitness. They just said that he'll miss the remainder of the summer. So he's another one who probably he impressed Anna West Indies, didn't he? Um, maybe. Uh, and then Ollie Robinson. I mean, it's, no, Ollie Robinson. Um, Ollie Stone is who I mean. Um, Again, I think he's a bit like Archer. I don't think you can sort of like, he's constantly injured, isn't he? You can't really think about him long-term, maybe coming back. Um, this should be interesting, I suppose, because I do think they need more fast bowlers. As you said, Broad and Anderson haven't bowled that many overs, but I think, you know, if they, if it is a flat deck out in Pakistan and they end up bowling 25 overs each or more, more than that, 30 overs each in a series and it's in, a, in an in innings, sorry, and then be interesting to see who would be the next person in terms of fast bowlers within the county championship. I, don't, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you right now who I think it is. Um, so I think that'd be quite an interesting section. And I think England will be hoping that some of the bowlers that we've named who are injured probably do get back fit, won't they? Cause I don't know if it's going to be, um, I, don't, I just couldn't tell you who they would select out there. I think the, I think the batsmen are pretty, are pretty set. I think, Bairstow won't be back, so Duckett is probably the next one in. Um, do you think they need another opener? Will they need to take another opener to Pakistan? I, th I think you do, just uh, just as cover if nothing else. I think if you've got if you've got one middle order player, one one opener. But do you think Harry Brook? I mean, Cooks talks about Harry Brook opening the batting, um, possibly if someone goes down, and then you've got Duckett to cover the middle order. Duckett has opened previously as well in first class cricket. Or do you think that do you think they still need another Fair opener? I think Duckett opened the, the couple of tests he played in Bangladesh with know. Cook, yeah. Yeah. So um no fair point. Um I think if you're picking someone on merit, I think Jennings probably deserves a look in, but it, I don't think McCullum has actually dropped anyone yet. So it will be interesting to see what the, the benchmark is to get dropped under McCullum. Like how many, how many failures do you need? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lee's and Crawley have really been testing his patience. And I know Crawley's just got a 50. Lisa's had a couple of 50s, but in what, seven tests we've had this summer? Yeah. It's seven a good, tests, it's a, 14 innings. It's a really good point. I think like if we, we're talking about the county championship feeding into England, we've just tried to, you know, and I don't know, there is that many. We've talked about Jennings, who's had multiple chances. Um, if we're going to sum up England's summer, I think McCullum today and Stokes. You know, they today they won. They won the Test match. They've won five out of six Test matches this summer. Six and seven, I think. Six and seven. Thank you. Um, a decent summer for England, or is it um, nothing we didn't know? Have we learned anything about the the team? Usually decent summer. I think no, I think no, so. no one expected. Looking back to the start of May, for us to be winning. Well, if you're if you're Hugh, none out of seven. Yeah. Um, but I think we'd have taken a series win against the South Africans and almost written off the India in the the New Zealand series, wouldn't we? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think what's really encouraged me is like 
like we say, like the nature of the win against New Zealand is sort of like, it's not just England bowling first on a green top and bowling people out for no runs. It's, you know, we've, we've actually managed to chase things down and play in a very non-English fashion, which is wonderful. We've spoken at length and people have spoken at length about that. The one thing that I sort of, I don't, I can't get that excited about is England beating South Africa in English, very, very English conditions in September. And I don't know if that's me being very pessimistic, um, but I find it sort of like, it's sort of like an easy thing to me. It's like India front loading spinners and us not being able to, you know, turning square and us not being able to beat India in India. I, is that a pessimistic view? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Well, I think for me, New Zealand, the New Zealand series wasn't really, there wasn't much of a contest because the Kiwis just did so many things wrong or were just not in it at times that they should have just pressed on a little bit to put a bit of pressure. You know, I think it was made a lot easier by England because they were just not putting all the, the pressure on the team that they, they, they've done in the past to other teams. Yeah. They were not really looking like the number one test team or at least in the rankings or whatever it was uh, at the time. Yeah. That's not what they were looking like at all. And I think... South Africa won, yeah, I think it's a bit of a strange one because it, it, it all happened so fast because nothing went actually the distance. So, yeah, um, yeah, that, that's a different one. Um, so, yeah, it's not a bad thing, but whether you've learned an awful lot and you think, well, hey, we're going to be able to replicate this quite easily uh, next summer uh, or even to an extent going on tours, which I know is different. But, uh, yeah, I don't. I think next year you can't really build on what's happened this year because I think it will just be a brand new summer. I think the difficulty with the Ashes is that everything's bunched up. Um, so God knows what's going to happen there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I think it was a you know take it because it was a great summer. Yeah, but don't don't expect it to be something that's going to be repeated next year. So I'm probably a bit more with you on that on that matter really, but. Um, not as pessimistic as he was uh, at the start of the summer. Yeah. I'm going to go back and listen to what we said on the podcast before the first test of the summer and replay it to you guys. If you think this wasn't a successful summer by any stretch, then my goodness. No, I think I, I know what you're saying. I think it is because I, it obviously is. I mean, if Hugh, Hugh said that we weren't going to win a game, didn't he, at the start? Um, I think I probably agreed with him, if not vocally in my body react in my facial reactions i think i think that the point is, is is the one time that we've let me get this right we've bowled first in most games haven't we yeah the one game that we didn't we lost and the way that we're wanting to play i think as a team is really good but i think it owes to bowling first and i really like chev said and i, th I think i agree with both of you Maybe going full circle on why I said previously. <laughs> stay, stay on the fence first. Yeah, get to the fence. But what I suppose what I mean <laughs> is that with how, what Howard's saying is that like it has definitely been successful. You can't the stats don't lie that it's been successful. We've only lost one game, and the manner in which we played has been really really good. But owing to what Chev said, I don't know if we've learned an awful lot about the England team generally. I think it's definitely a better brand of cricket. It's more entertaining. Stokes has put a new lease of life into pretty much everyone. Um, but I don't know necessarily if, um, you know, we do we have a plan of attack if we don't bowl first? It doesn't really seem to me like we know what we're going to be doing. Um, 
And I, I feel like Kev said, like, can we build on this squad or like? Yeah, I could rephrase what I just what I said, and maybe that makes it clear. I think the the what we could consider the strongholds or the best players sort of excelled this this summer at many uh, on many occasions. So whether it was um, Broden and Anderson or Stokes or Root, obviously not having the weight of that captaincy really helped him. So I think if you if you if you look at those established players, I think they probably were very consistent, performed really well for the vast majority of the games. The others are a little bit more, you know, touch and go in terms of sometimes it was really they were really on it and other times they weren't. Or so and that's so in terms of learning, I think it's great that you can still rely on the established players to deliver these results for you, but. Um, you know, all of a sudden, we're, I mean, some people were talking about uh, Anderson's retirement uh, before the summer and how long is he going to, how long is he going to last, uh, and how many games he's actually going to play, yeah. and how often is he going to be arrested? To now almost being back to, oh, we need to rely on him because there's nothing else. So you know, that's the. I don't want to be negative because normally I'll leave that to you guys to be negative about the national team, but. At the same time, I think, you know, just cherish the fact that you relied on these great players to, to do really well. And I think Root has really come back to life again after not having that burden of the captaincy. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, what is that going to do for next year? Well, hopefully those four will, will continue in that form. And you can, and obviously I've sort of not mentioned Bairstow in this, 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 this line, but to me, he was not established as established as the others were, but he's had a great summer. But I think he was probably the one player outside that four that had an awesome summer, unless I've missed anyone. Uh, that was consistently great throughout. But, um, you know, the others are picking up. Um, I would like to see folks back next year. Um, you know, just because, again, it's, it's about looking forward and who you're going to build the team around next time. Really right. and, and then you're looking at Oli Popes and, and, and Sam Currents maybe, uh, but he, you know, none of them were consistent uh, throughout the whole summer. They all had maybe good series or a few good games, but none of them were consistent. Consistent yet. I think um, I actually think Oli Pope is a nice one. I think he's actually looking like he's getting more and more and more comfortable in his England shirt uh, at number three. But you, you, you're definitely right. I think. If, you know, we've, we've talked about England selection from the county championship, and I'm just really interested to know when Anderson and Broad, if, if and when they did decide who are the next guys coming, if we were to drop Zach Crawley and Alex Lee, so like who are the next people coming? I don't know. I, and I think this is what this whole overall from Andrew Strauss is really interesting, the, the report and how they structure the next couple of, um, the next season and the next couple of seasons coming up is if they can really, really, enable the county championship to suppose to build into the England selection and to England, you know, making a case for England. Um, Brendan McCullum obviously has wiped the slate clean with people. I mean, he's not really, I think it owes to people like Ben Duckett gets another go. I don't know if he would have done under other coaches or other selectors. Um, but I just wonder how we're going to build upon the next generation. So I think whilst it's a terrific summer, I sort of have a little bit of a, um, worry about the future because of what Chevy said is 
sort of reliance on old old timers. I think well, no one, yeah, at the end of the day, no one's going to care if you win the Ashes next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ashes next year. Uh, Broad now, so, they're not around. If they break down, who's our next? You know, or Lee and Crawley, they don't go well. I mean, I don't know if you guys listen to Ed Smith's um, podcast. Well, it, TMS had a podcast at the end of the day's play on the third day on Sunday, and then Ed Smith spoke for the last 20 minutes. I think he's got a book out, but his um, insights on England selection was when he was the selector is actually quite fascinating and looking at sort of the stats behind it and you look at opening batsmen's averages in, in county championship and also just in England have just declined massively, um, et cetera, et cetera. So it, I think it's definitely worth a listen if anyone uh, wants to, not to promote other people's podcasts, but um, yeah. You just have. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we're moving on. Next round. So we've got the next round of the county championship started today. What was everyone's changes? I logged in and realised that pretty much my whole team had a buy, so I had to make a few um, a few uh, changes. Um, Chev, who have you subbed in or out? Yeah, for me, I consider this a bit of a write-off round, which obviously is not great from a um, uh, uh, league position perspective, but. It is just what it is because there's just too many teams having a buy week. Um, and then for whatever odd reason, I, I actually didn't pay attention to it, but uh, yeah, I even had team players not being selected, which is even worse. Um, but um, uh, so I moved in. I actually used my final two trades so that from now on, the last two rounds is all about subbing. Um, uh, I could have done really with one or two more subs if to really set up the team properly for the last three games. I probably burned a few subs early in the summer, yeah. which you know I'm sort of aware of. But anyway, so Pujara went out because he went home. Yeah. Um, had I known last week, I probably would have um, used his value to bring in two other players last week when I made the... Uh, uh, the subs back then, uh, but I brought in. Uh, I was going to bring in another Lamorgan batter, but I thought that's just too much. Um, so uh, I brought in uh, Imam Uhak. Yeah. Um, as a substitute for him to see what he, he can do for the last few rounds, and then uh, Toby Roden Jones is back in the team after being thrown out uh, uh, given with a poor run and then obviously starting to, uh, to, yeah. to pick points again. Uh, Alex Thompson, who'd been on my bench for ages from Derbyshire. Derbyshire, um, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, I still had him on the bench. So and I had plenty of cash in the bank to actually make that transfer. So um, uh, just brought in Toby Rowan Jones. It was between him and Sam Cook. Ideally, I would have brought in Sam Cook for the running as well, but um, that was yeah, that was the one I was sort of missing out on. Um, uh, I had to had to choose really there. I went for him because I, I still have uh, Simon Harmer in the team, so spreading it around a bit, also being wary of the the weather uh, that might impact games in the coming weeks. Yes. Um, you know, you've got to spread it a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's where we are. So those are the two changes. Um, and uh, captain this week is uh, Toby Roman Jones. And I think I've got how many? Three, four, seven players active, which is a bit of a poor hmm. uh, showing, but um, happy with the subs and the buys, the players on buys this week that I can bring in next week and I can bring it back up to 11 players. So 
we'll see how this works out. I, I'm, I think I'm going to settle in for third in our own league <laughs> and, uh, uh, and leave it at that. Howard, who have you got on your team this week? I've also used up all my transfers. So I have four <laughs> left, all gone now. So yeah, Pajara, for the same reason as Chev, um, had to go. So yeah. Gill comes in. So I have doubled down on Glamorgan Batsman with Eddie Byron as well. Liam Dawson, who um, doesn't get a bowl for Hampshire at the best of times. I don't think he's going to get much of a bowl in the last couple of games either in late September. So he's gone for Ryan Higgins, who may be rejuvenated as a Middlesex player. Or um, the fact that he's gone back down to Div 2. Yeah, all helps. Rushworth had to go for the injury, so Matt Potts came in and Potts is, is captain this week. And I brought Tattersall in because I needed a keeper playing this week. Yeah, and a bowler, obviously. And a, a useful leg spinner, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to that I had a lot of buys. So I have brought in uh, Beddingham. I've brought in Higgins for subbed out Dawson for the same reasons. Roland Jones came in for Fuller. It broke my heart to get rid of Fuller. He's been in the team all season for me. Um, and then I brought Matty Potts in as well. And I can't remember who. I subbed out for him, but ben Mike. Um, no, Ben might Ben might <laughs> <laughs> Leicester, interesting in terms of the transfer news, Leicester aren't selecting him for the rest of the season. Has he signed for Yorkshire? Yeah, 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 yeah. Leicester won't select him. Right. for the rest of the season. Um, and then um, on my bench is Deploy, Mullaney, Bracey, and Connors to come back in when the buys don't happen, but. To play for, it's quite nice that actually in both divisions, one and two, please get this right. Yeah, the top of the table or the top the top two didn't play last week and do play this week. So it's nice if there's a win, a big win, they're all, they'll all be level. And then it'll be interesting because there's one round after this. Is that right? Two more. Two more. Two more. So then it'd be, that'd be quite interesting, I think. So... Ham, I mean, we won't go too much because we'll touch on this next week, but it, despite Hugh thinking it's been Surrey's to lose all year, as we touched on, um, they need to win and it maybe isn't looking as good at the moment for them. Um, but I think Nottinghamshire will have to do something terrible and Glamorgan something amazing, won't they, to, for Nottinghamshire? Well, Glamorgan Middlesex is the big one in Div 2 this week, isn't it? That's second v third. So... Um... If Glamorgan turn Middlesex over, they will do themselves a world of favours. Yeah, but only one goes up, right? So, or we, we, decided, we, we don't so, know. We don't know, do we? Because yeah. of, is it due to the review? We don't know really what's happening. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And in a league of professional sports, this is effectively the top, the top level of county cricket or club cricket that can be played in the country. And we're two games away from the end of the season and the players don't know what they need to do to... That is really... that, Especially Division 2 players, that is really, really interesting. So, technically, Middlesex, Derbyshire, Glamorgan, Nottinghamshire could actually um, win or, you know, they could all get to a certain amount of points but maybe go up, maybe not go up because of... Yeah. Don't know what's happening next year. And then, looking at that, I mean, bottom four, Kent, Somerset, Warwickshire, Gloucestershire, same. They may stay up, they may go down. We don't know, do we? No. Um, it may not matter at all, um, depending on what happens. So that's, that is really interesting. But what we will know is that one of Surrey or Hampshire 
in the next three rounds will be crowned champions. Who's your money on? Are you guys supporting? Are you guys? I know you're supporting Surrey, obviously, but are you backing Surrey, or do you not think they'll do it? I don't know. They've had a weird year, so you know, whenever it counts, they don't deliver. So <laughs> that's hard. I think in Hampshire's favour, they've got I think a superior seam attack, and they've yeah. got a full squad to pick from. They've got no absentees, whereas Surrey are missing. Well, to this week they're missing the likes of fo uh, folks Pope. Sam Curran, Will Jacks, Jamie Overton's still out. There's a lot of first teamers that aren't available. If you look at the um, the team, it's a very inexperienced lineup they're they're putting out. So, but I'd love to say sorry, but I think, and maybe as an emotional hedge, I would rather be in Camp Hampshire right now. I think so. If you look at that, I mean, Surrey's team at bowling attack is not terrible at all. Clark, I mean, I'm going down. Clark's not the number one seamer, but okay, going from bottom up. Worrell, White, Roach, Atkinson, Curran, and Clark. They're your bowlers, aren't they? Well, I'm not entirely sure what Tom Curran is doing in the team. To be, I mean, I'm a big Curran fan in general, but, um, you know. Well, injuries, that's why he's there, isn't he? Well, yeah, but even then, you know, um, I know he's, he's only just returned from his injuries. And, but it's, yeah, I mean, today, apparently he had 11 wicket overs for 39. So... Yeah, that was his today. Howard's point is true that it mean has point stands, isn't it? Like you then have the previous bowling attack for Hampshire, Barker, Abbott, Fuller, um, Abbas. That is a September bowling attack that you want as opposed to Surrey's, isn't it? So all to play for. All to play yeah, for. Hampshire will win the last two, which means Surrey will probably need two wins and a draw. So if they can do that, I think there's there's still a chance. That's interesting. That's going to be an interesting run-in. I'm looking forward to it. Other people looking forward to it should also stick with us as we um, count down the, the, the county championship via cricket11.com. Um, I think we probably will end it there. Um, thank you guys for joining us. I actually will just end that. I think the Badger Watch League table is very similar to the Division 2 table. and There's not that much to play for. Maybe third and second place are two. Um, That's unlikely with uh, Hughes' 20 uh, uh, trades still left. In the yeah, band. true. So Bears, Badgers are top. Brian May, Hughes' team, they are second. Chev's, Chevaliers are third. And there is only 367 points in second and third. And there is about 3,000 points in third and fourth so i'm not winning it but um yeah sit with us and thank you very much for <laughs> listening to badger watch it's four um, thousand but that's all right I mean... it's four, four thousand <laughs> yeah thanks for that for that whilst i end i've been like absolutely heckled my entry endings in the last couple of weeks can we uh, just uh, there's one you were mentioning earlier that some players were uh, that contracts were handed can we just chuck that one in right at the end or not We'll do a little transfer market episode, maybe mid-summer, mid-winter, mid sorry, and maybe at the end of the season, because this is contract renewal or non-renewal stage at the moment, so we'll leave that maybe. Um, yeah, thanks, Jeff. Um, anyway, you've been listening to Badger Watch, and it's an Unspun Cricket production, and we will leave it there. Speak, we'll see you next week. <laughs>